The sun has set. The lights are low. The candles are lit. And so is the host. It is now time for the creepy podcast. Twilight was originally fan fiction. Greetings and salutations, creepy people. This is your host, Jason. Nevermind. I am fresh off of oral surgery, so I decided to make a whole new episode a week early. I don't know if I'm actually going to post it a week early, but uh, I am loopy. Oh boy, let's just do this, because I am on board. Let's go. Let's... <laughs> Welcome. Hold on, let's do it right. Welcome to the Creepy Podcast. Oh, ho, ho. I'm counting on you to listen. The Creepy Podcast, Episode 7, Story, Numero Who No, My Dead Girlfriend Keeps Messaging Me on Facebook, Read by Vlad the Inhaler, Give It Up Creepy People in the House, For Vlad the Inhaler, Word. I feel like my attention span is short right now, so that's why I'm going for some simplicity. And with that said, this pasta is called... <laughs> this pasta is called... <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't have Facebook and all this Snapchat and Tinder and stuff when I was in school. Oh, good lord. Okay. This pasta is called... My dead girlfriend keeps messaging me on Facebook. My girlfriend Emily died on August 7th of 2012. I just received another message, karma. And it's worse than the others. She was involved in a three-car crash driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She was dead within minutes at the scene. We had been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of marriage. It felt archaic, she said. Gave her a weird vibe. But if she had been, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. <laughs> okay, alright. Calm down, millennial. How many kids would you have? 2.7? Alright. She was vibrant. The kind of girl that would choose dare every time. She's like, yeah, I don't care. Bring the dog. Bring the dog in here. I'll do that. Yeah. Instagram that, Snapchat that, yeah, where's the peanut butter? She was vibrant. The kind of girl that would choose Dare Evere Time. She was happy when campaign. But a total technophile too. Oh god, what did she do to my computer? It's all slimy. She always smelled like cinnamon? Like cinnamon toast crunch? Cinnamon cinnamon. Oh my god. Oh the girl defended in her independent cinnamon. That being said, she wasn't perfect. Really? I don't know. She smells like cinnamon. That's about as good as you can get, really. Because most relationships are based on smell. So if you get someone that smells good, you're really doing well. That's, that's really the long and short of relationships. Can you stand the way they smell? That being said, she wasn't perfect. She always said something along the lines of, 
If I kirk at first, don't just say good things about me. I never liked that. If you don't pay me out, you're doing a disservice. I've got so many flaws, comma, and that's just another part of me. So what if I kirk at first? Is that like kind of like slang for if I become a carcass, possibly? Uh, don't just pay me out. If you don't pay me out, you're doing me a disservice. I, okay, I get the general gist, but okay. The language, oh, is really confusing. Oh, no. So, this is for M. The music she said she liked and the music she actually liked were very different. <laughs> Airing out her dirty linens, are you? Oh, she would have liked that. Her idea of affection was a side hug. She had really long toes, like a chimpanzee. I know, that's tangential. But I don't feel right without you having an idea of what she was like. Emma had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first massaged me. Okay, there's like weird screenshot messages. Uh, Emily, uh, you're not a plaque on a wall that gives me more closure. Even fuck we're nerds. I'm still finding your hair ties everywhere and your bobby pins. I'm actually finally sure they're breathing. Some of them still have hair. Who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. Okay, well, well, in the future, please send me messages from your account, even if you want to discuss her page. Hello? Susan, you're on Emily's account. This is when it began. I had left Emily's Facebook account activated so I could send her the occasional massage. Post on her wall, go through her pictures, uh, in her dresser drawers, her diaries, wear her clothing, to dinner with her parents. It felt too final, and too un-Emily to memorialize it. I share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother has her login and password and has spent a total of three minutes on the account or total on a computer. After a little confusion, I thought it was her. Let's hit up blank rail this Saturday. Who the f is this? The wheels on the bus. Please tell me who you are. This makes no freaking sense. What's going on here? Oh, you darn millennials and your weird slang. You're deeper than E-40 at this point. I don't understand what you're saying, really. I had received confirmation from Susan that she hadn't been on M's profile since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people, so I thought it was one of her tech-savvy friends fucking with me in the worst possible way. And then you got a picture of someone with their face blacked out, and another picture with someone with their face blacked out. And around February 2014, okay, so this is a couple of years later, Emily started tagging herself in my photos. Well, that's weird, because isn't Emily dead? Weird, awkward, Emily's dead, she's fucking dead, around February 2014, Emily started tagging herself in my photos, I would get notifications for them, but they'd normally be removed by the time I got to the picture, the first time I actually caught one, it felt like someone had punched me in the gut. Ooh, that's a terrible photo if it makes you feel like that. I've got screenshots of two from April and June. These are the only ones I've been able to catch, so they're a little bit out of timeline. I'm trying to write out. Around this time, I began to lose sleep. I was too angry to sleep. Ooh, yes, I feel a kinship. I totally understand that. I just wake up going... <laughs>
I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of weeks. The friends who noticed it thought it was some fucked up bug. I found out recently that there have been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything about it. Some of them even removed me from their Facebook friends list. At this point, you may be wondering, why didn't you just kill your Facebook profile? Oh, really? Come on. You can't do that anymore. That's like basically being reborn. You have to relearn society if you start a new Facebook page. Come on now. Come on now. Really. It, it's like erasing your past at this point. Facebook is life. You don't exist outside of Facebook. People that aren't on Facebook, I don't talk to them. Kind of a dumb question is that, millennial. For real. Seriously, you're dealing in a fantasy world. Is this really like a 45-year-old writing this under the guise of being a millennial? Because that really a millennial would not write that, right? At this point, you may be wondering, why didn't you just kill your Facebook profile? I almost wish I did. I did for a little while. <laughs> I held it down and killed it for a while, but you know, on days when I can't get out there, it's nice to have friends to see hats with. It's nice visiting M's page when the little green dot isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when M was alive. Her death turned me into something pretty close to a hermit. And Facebook and MMOs are, were, my only real social outlets. I sent what I assumed was M's hacker a message. Why are you doing this? Why do you keep tagging her? On March 25th, I got an answer. Hello, hello, hello. This is actually devastating. I don't know why you enjoy doing this. OMG, cinnamon-scented candles. Go to hell. Why are you doing this? It wasn't until months after going through these chats that I discovered that she was recycling my own words as well. My response seems kind of lackluster here. I was intentionally providing her or him with emotional bait. <laughs> the cat and mouse play comes out. Now I'm in the closet. Now I'm in the closet, too. I really appreciate that uh, they went through the trouble of making all these screenshots, but it's making the flow really hard to read. And honestly, I don't really give a flying fig anymore. Your girlfriend's dead. Okay, I get it. Uh, where are we going with this? Let's just skip ahead. Um, okay, no. Really creepy. What? I don't know what's happening. Cold, freezing. What, she was in a meat locker? Uh, your girlfriend was cold affectionately and she froze to death. That's what I'm getting from this. So, okay. That's creepy and poignant. I, um, I can't do this one anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple of these reviews here and we'll just see if I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, now I'm scared. Hey, this is a really scary one, OMG. Uh, may I translate it to show on the German creepypasta wiki? Oh, the German, yes. <laughs> Holy crap, that's creepy. The kind of was kind of a good story. It wasn't much of a twist ending. The weirdest thing was the tittle. It pretty much told everything. Oh, look at this. <laughs> the human brain stores over 50 petrobytes of data. One petrobyte is 1,000. 
terabytes. So a data ghost, and yes, I know this story isn't real, while possible would be a terrible ending. Something so ridiculous as a real ghost would make more sense in a creepypasta. Still a good story though. 7 out of 10. The Creepy Podcast, Episode 7, Story 2, Sweet Nightmares, Sweet, Sweet Nightmares, These dreams deceive me when I close my eyes, you are sleeping, you do not want to believe you are sleeping. And we're rolling. Sweet Nightmares. It starts with, it's an ellipsis, right? The three periods, the three dots. Okay, so that's how it starts. It is three o'clock in the morning. It has been one of those days, you know the kind, when nothing seems to go right, comma, and nobody seems to be in a good mood, period. Of course you would wake up at three in the morning. You jolt awake, not sitting upright, rather contorted in an odd little fetal position. You might think that it was because you were cold, hyphen, the heat must not be on, period. Of course the heat wouldn't be on. You toss and turn, but there is nothing comfortable about this once hyphen satisfying bed in which you rest, period. Each time you turn, you feel another knot creep up in your back, each muscle flaring and spazzing in its own little rebellion against your body. You try rolling over on your stomach. It would be a relief, except for the fact that you have to crane your neck to one side in order to breathe. You turn yourself onto your right side, facing your wall, comma, and you just try and mindlessly explore how black the darkness is. You cannot see your wall, though it might have been only a foot from your head. It's funny, the darkness when you open and close your eyes is almost the same that's when it hits you as soon as you close your eyes the images come flooding back you had been having a nightmare hyphen one of the kinds where you can literally feel comma or in your case comma smell comma what is happening to you period it wasn't too big of a deal a man (laughs) dark man man in ragged clothing had come into your room. He'd been breathing on you. His breath smelled like burnt popcorn and black licorice. As odd as it may have been, he reminded you of a man you once saw at a carnival hyphen. You know the one period. He just stared. Just stared with his gray eyes, period, and black mouth, period, and dripping hair, period. New paragraph. At you, period. New paragraph. A shiver goes down your spine. It was almost as if it were a memory. But that would be impossible, right? Even now, your overactive imagination conjures up the stench of burnt popcorn and black licorice comma and you can almost hear the carnival man's wheezing breaths at your ear you stare intently at the wall engaged in a battle of wills with yourself you're smarter than that hyphen there is nobody in your room except for you of course you should turn around and prove that but there is always the chance even the slightest occasion that you could be right about what 
see now I'm confused because you just said there's nobody in your room so then you're right about there's nobody in your room right so then everything's okay is that you fling your head away from the wall and examine the looming darkness closely it is still thick it is still cold but no decrepit man breathing down your shoulder (laughs) that's good because that guy's breath stinks like burnt popcorn and licorice where do you pull that from which uncle's breath smells like burnt popcorn and black licorice? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no gray-eyed carny reaching out to caress your head as you lay there. Is that a... Okay, it's a period. It looked like a comma, because, okay, the next thing is capitalized. No gray-eyed carny reaching out to caress your head as you lay there. But there isn't much of anything. Your fears only momentarily allayed... You spring out of bed to dash for your light hyphen switch hyphen that magical and majestic device which eradicates all imagined evils. Click nothing. You can feel your eyes get wider as you frantically flick the switch back and forth. But there is no electricity. No power. You are powerless. Against him. Against that old man who has just crept up behind you. Black licorice. You whirl around and find nothing but darkness. Hello? You whirl around again, nothing. You think that you can hear him breathing down your neck, comma, and you might even be able to feel his moist breath upon your collar. Frantically, you fight. You flail your arms around you, making sure that if there were any solid object in your path, you would indeed knock it unconscious before it could do the same to you. You hit something. <laughs> it was the wall. Your hand stings, comma, and you clutch it in the other, cursing slightly. The pain brings it with the pain brings with it rationale. Are you honestly up at three o'clock in the morning ransacking your room for some figment of your imagination? You sure are silly. Meth, meth. Your eyes have adjusted to the darkness, hyphen, even if your mind hasn't, hyphen, and you dig through your room to find that old flashlight. It works. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen you all flashlight. Sure are bright. Finally, you can see for yourself that there is nothing and nobody in your room. You can see your own breath by the light, comma, and you realize that the heat and the electricity truly are not working tonight. Well, you're already up and about. So you go towards the fuse box to see if anything blew. Nothing. Everything looks to be in perfect order, as far as you can tell. You know, because you're an electrician. You go through the house, trying switches left and right, hitting switches, y'all, but none of them work, yo. You, being a smart and independent individual, do not call anyone to come and have a look at your sorry state of freezing affairs. Must be a Christian scientist. But you do take a few looks at your doors. They were all locked. Except for one. (laughs) The back door. (laughs) It was unlocked, but nobody had come in. Right? You were sure of that. Almost. That door would have made such a terrific screech as if its cheap plastic bottom scraped along your floors that (laughs) would... I just keep thinking about that cheap plastic bottom scraping along your floors. It would have woken the dead. Nobody could have come in. 
you make sure that it is locked before you go back to bed. Having scattered out your house and your nearly impregnable defenses hyphen, those deadbolt locks hyphen, you return to your bedroom, comma, grabbing a few extra blankets and a lit candle as you go. You pile into your bed, the candle safely on your desk in the corner. Your eyes have ceased to be accustomed to the darkness, comma, and so you are right back to square one, though much less frantic this time. Just your luck. Your day was awful, comma, your night, hyphen, or morning, comma, you would probably say semicolon, you're a little anal, hyphen, retentive, about specifics, hyphen, have proven to be just as bad, period. Why is it that the early hours of the day are so startling? Everything seems to just come alive around then. Your mind plays tricks on you. Your eyes too. You thought you saw a shadow moving ever so slightly in the candle's light. But you're alone. While you were up, you made sure to check the doors. You locked them all. Right? Left? Nobody could get in. Comma. And even if he were going to try, he would have to make a great big noise doing so. Like the sound of an elephant falling off of a building. Nobody could get in, comma. And even if he were going to try, he would have to make a great big noise doing so. You could see him coming a mile away? Of course you could, but if nobody can get in, that means nobody can get out. What if he had come earlier? Then you better get the lights on so you don't slip and something. Slip, slip and slide. You hadn't locked that back door all the way. Oh, perhaps he had come in and sat in your closet. Just waiting to poop out. Oh, just waiting to pop out and strangle to... Oh, God, this is a great sentence. I like this one. Let's go back. You hadn't locked the back door all the way. Perhaps he had come in and sat in your closet. Just waiting to pop out and strangle you to death. (laughs) Okay, this... Okay, that's... It's not me. Hold on a second. Perhaps he had come in and sat in your closet, just waiting to pop out and strangle you to death like two saw in that movie a huile ago. You to death like two saw in that movie a while ago. Period. And if he was already in the house, dot, 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 that means that you just locked him in. Period. With you. No, period. No, period. Do not focus on that. Period. That was a nightmare, period, 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 right? Question mark. You had just looked all around your house, though not inside the closets and cupboards, hyphen. Only paranoid people do that, comma, and you're definitely not paranoid. Focus on the good things, like the fact that the heat is apparently kicked in. A warm breeze floats over your neck, accompanied by a frigid blast. But your heater is on the floor on the other side of the room. You turn over, comma, and as you shine your trusty flashlight, (laughs) you turn over, comma, and as you shine, you turn over, comma, and as you shine your trusty flashlight around the room, you can understand just what that shadow was. Your curtains are blowing in the night's wind. You didn't notice it before. You were too busy trying to find that licorice-mouthed man. That means your window is open, the first floor window. You jump out of bed and hurriedly close that window, too quickly to notice that the screen has been ripped off. 
The heat must be on. It's on the street. You can hear its light humming. It's vaporous aspiration. It must have been on this entire time. The cold air must have canceled it out. But that isn't the heater. It was me! Don't look behind you! Ha 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 sweet dreams! Categories. Dreams forward slash sleep. The Creepy Podcast, Episode 7, Story 3, Holy Poop and Crappin'. Jason is delirious from having a tooth pulled. He's back to the Holder series. Hori Carp, this is not going to rear end well. Here we are again. Because I love it so, because... I couldn't stay away. I had oral surgery yesterday and I'm feeling very loopy, which is why I am continuing on with my quest to read all 538 installments of the Holders series. Last time I got through the first five. I actually already recorded this, but then I deleted it because I make great decisions. So here I go again, deja vu, the Holders series. Um, but we're gonna do a little review because uh, I need a bit of a refresher here. So the first one is the holder of the end, and uh, he's got something in his hands, and that's the object. Okay, so you've got something in this guy's hands, and then the next one is the holder at the beginning. That's the dead woman. Okay. So yeah, I got the thing, the dead woman, and the holder of eternity. Scalpel. Oh yeah, I have the scalpel. That'll actually come in very handy later, because again, I already read these, so I know what's coming. A tattoo. Okay, and then what's the last one? The holder of light. Oh, yeah, it's the dude, the creepy guy with the stinky eye holes that puts his eye in your hand, his eyeballs in your hand. Uh, okay, so now we're at the holder of song. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. Actually, I recommend if you can plan ahead there's a lot of really nice mental mental institutions. A lot of really nice mental There's a lot of really nice mental institutions out there. You know, some some nice artwork and um, architecture and things like that. It's worth it if you can plan ahead to you know go a couple hours early, walk around because you're about to get into some heavy shit. So you're gonna want to get nice and zen before you start feeling the urge to tear off your own flesh and, and poking your own eyes out and screaming, deafening, whatevers and. <sighs> lugging around a dead lady but you know anyone you can get to is fine they'll, they'll all work apparently that's that's the one thing about this series it doesn't matter which one you go to there's a door there you'll, you'll find what you're looking for so in any city any country go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to when you reach the front desk ask to visit someone who calls herself the holder of song you will then be guided to a long staircase that spirals higher than the building stands at the stairs is summit <laughs> is a door. So you're basically standing on top of this stairway that's hovering above a building and there's a door there. Didn't notice that walking up. But, <sighs> alright. As you open the door, a sudden wave of heat will pour out from the hallway beyond it. Backdraft, comma, and wash over you. Proceed down the hallway. As you walk, the air around you will grow increasingly frigid. When you feel as if you are encased in ice, you must stand perfectly still, remain silent, comma, and... Listen. 
period. If, comma, after a few seconds pass, comma, you hear a baby crying, comma, turn and run. I agree. I agree. No harm will befall you, but the infant's cry will follow you wherever you go. That sounds terrible. If you hear it for the rest of your life, count yourself lucky. If and when it stops, your firstborn child will die. Well, I don't have any kids, so I'm not worried about that. If you do not hear a baby's cry, wait for the hallway to grow warm once more, comma, and then proceed to the door at its end, period. Enter, period. The room beyond will be awash in green light. At its center will be an old woman turning the handle of a silent music box. Seems a bit pointless. Her legs have both been severed at the knees. This is twisted. When you speak to her, you must look her in the eyes. She hides a spear fashioned from the bones of her legs. Break eye contact, comma, and she will impale you with it and leave you to bleed to death seemingly in unending agony. (laughs) That's terrible. Please stop stabbing me with your leg bones. Oh, shit. Agony. Agony. Leg bone agony. She will respond to only one question. What was the song they used to play? The old woman will begin to sing in a language not of this world. Her melody will be the most beautiful one you've ever heard, bringing peace and serenity to your mind, body, and soul. You will find yourself vividly imagining a band of carefree children playing and singing, innocent as can be. And within minutes, the scene will eventually take a horribly sinister turn. The children will begin to fight each other, comma, and their conflict will quickly escalate to the most brutal, lethal violence you can conceive of. Yeah, sounds like a recess. They will impale each other on wooden poles. Yeah, a recess. Yeah. Disembowel each other with sharp rocks, comma, and even rip flesh from bone with their bare hands. Oh, see, they have bare hands. See, that makes it a lot easier to rip flesh from the bone when you have bare hands. It's the claws. You will witness these children, now merely tattered doppelgangers of themselves, spreading death and destruction more horrific than you could ever imagine on your own. You would need at least five or six other people to help you imagine the destruction and death and horrificness. You will see a naked boy, drenched in blood, singing with delight as he runs through a hellish wasteland, pursued by unspeakable monsters. They will overtake him and utterly destroy him. The song still issuing forth from his shredded lips all the while. Shredded lips. Tasty cereal. Yet inexplicably, you will remain calm and peaceful even as you watch this unspeakable brutality. When these horrific visions end, an intense pain will stab at your chest. Your heart will feel like it is about to explode. Do not let the agony break your focus. Do not break eye contact with this old woman, lest you invite a fate so horrible that an exploding heart seems lovely by comparison. How do I get myself into the most horrible things ever? Oh, it's gonna, it's better than this. <laughs> I'll melt your face, but that'd be way better than what could be happening to you. <laughs> if you remain steadfast in your gaze, the pain will eventually cease. The woman will stand up. Isn't she missing her legs from the knees down? (sighs) The woman will stand up, though with your eyes still focused on hers, you will not know how, and place the music box in your hands. The music box is object six of 538. When its song plays again, they will all come together. (sighs) Kinky. Okay, so uh, I gotta 
dude's eyeball and a dead lady and oh no I have a music box that doesn't work the holder of the path in any city in any country go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to when you reach the front desk ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of the path the worker there will try his best to keep a look of indifference on his face while handing you a key which as he will explain belongs to an unused supply closet in the building oh no meet me in the supply closet in five minutes I'll join you there it's very cozy (sighs) if only it were that simple Upon locating and unlocking the correct door, you will find yourself staring out onto a narrow, winding road suspended in an endless void, the sight only occasionally obstructed by the massive outlines of things best left undescribed. To fall off the path is to be thrown out of reality itself. A nightmarish eternity of inconceivable horror awaits anyone who either stumbles into the void by their own error or is dragged off the path by the timeless monstrosities that reside on the outskirts of creation. If you should ever feel as if you are being watched while traveling through this piece of oblivion, the best chance you have is to immediately freeze in place and hold your breath. Continue to do so until your audience either loses interest or moves in to claim you. If the latter should occur, feel free to scream as hard as you want, though your screams will fall on deaf ears. (laughs) That's terrible. Go ahead and scream, though. It's okay. At the end of the path lies a door that leads to a small, dirt-caked room. Ooh, dirt cake. Mm. Propped up against the room's far wall is a heavily emaciated corpse. I saw them open for uh, AC and uh, who was it? Napalm destruction. And, uh... Propped up against the room's far wall is a heavily emaciated corpse. What's left of his skin has long since blackened with necrosis. Approach it and ask one question. <laughs> yeah, go talk to the dead dude. How did they acquire guardians? In response to your query... The corpse will begin to stir. A subtle red glow will emanate from its eye sockets as it lifts its head and begins to whisper the long and macabre story of the holders. It will speak of unholy pacts and unspeakable atrocities. Within time, its tale will touch upon every form of evil known to man or God, comma, and a few forms that neither can comprehend. <laughs> it's a real mindfuck, dude. <laughs> Furthermore... If told the title of any holder, the corpse will reveal that holder's history and the meaning of the object that it protects. See, that's handy. That's good. It's like the holder app. Well, almost any holder. The holder of the path will never go into detail about itself. This is because the ghoul hopes that you will not question why it seems to be lacking an object. Truth be told, the ominous glow from within the ghoul's eye sockets is actually the shining light of the object that was somehow sealed inside of its skull. That is Object 7, shit, of 538. Its holder will do anything to keep you away from it. Yeah, alright, where's my crowbar, because I need it. Crackety crack, North Crackalaka. Give me that shiny thing inside your skull there, holder. Okay, what's next? The holder of wealth. Yeah. Give it up. Give it up, holder of wealth. Aha. This is a stick-up holder of wealth. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of wealth. That worker will raise one eyebrow, as if puzzled by your request. Spock. Ask a second time, comma. 
and the worker will shrug and take you across the street where an opulent mansion awaits. Wow, I just totally missed that, I guess, on the way here. Huge opulent mansion. If you are observant by nature, you may notice that the mansion was not there when you started your quest. Okay, that makes sense. Its owner would rather you didn't think about such things. That's creepy. Inside the front door will lie a grand staircase, spiraling up across the foyer. Foyer, 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 foyer. The walls will be covered with fine paintings, comma, and a large marble statue will rest on a pedestal by the base of the stairs. The statue's eldritch features will evoke an image of a truly horrific beast at once both alien and evil. Admire it all you want. But don't touch it. Unless you wish to awaken this starved monster. (laughs) I don't suggest you do that because he's starving and you look delicious. He will cover you with cheese. Hot cheese. Stinging and burning your skin. Delicious. Ascend the staircase. As long as you don't touch anything, you will be safe. Don't panic. At the top of the stairs, you will find a small wooden door. Its plain and unassuming appearance is a sharp contrast to its decadent surroundings. It will open on its own for you, so long as you're not afraid. <laughs> you're afraid you can't, or else I'm not going to open the door for you, okay? Okay. Past it, you will see a man with a pointed goatee and short, cropped, gelled hair standing behind a large mahogany desk. His suit is made of both human flesh and Italian silk. He may speak, comma, and at great length. Human flesh and He will talk about his amazingly beautiful house and the lovely statue of his concubine resting downstairs. Do not interrupt him, comma, and do not answer any questions he may ask. Sounds like talking to my dad. When he is finished, steal yourself and confidently ask, Where the fuck do you get a suit made out of human flesh and Italian silk? Oh, yeah, I need that special cut. You know, yeah, I knocked this guy over. He's got beautiful skin. I was wondering if you could kind of weave it in with the silk. But I know you're probably going to have to do some kind of a tanning process. I don't want this shirt to stink, you know, but I don't want it too leathery either. I want the breathable Italian, you know, silk, but obviously human flesh. Like, you know, Necronomicon X shirts, basically. (sighs) When he is finished... Steal yourself and confidently ask, May I have my salary? He will proceed to explain to you in great detail the value of life. Oh, here we go. He will talk of things worse than death, comma, and he will tell you exactly what he expects you to do. <laughs> the fabulous interior of the room will rot away, comma, and the floor will turn from French weave to feces. Oh, I'm standing in poop now. The man's appearance will become psychic. Clopic and unimaginably horrendous. See, there's like there's like poop all over my old dead lady now. And the, uh, he will fish out a small banknote from the pockets of his human suit. <laughs> he will fish out a small banknote from the pockets of his human suit, comma, and hand it to you. That note is object eight of five hundred and thirty-eight. Its holder is counting on you to spend it. Let's talk about, wait a minute, let's talk about the poop floor first, because, yeah, I, I, you know, I can do a lot of stuff. I can bash a corpse's head apart or um, stab a baby. You know, I could potentially do these things, but I got poop on my shoes, man. I need new shoes now. You owe me some new shoes. Where is the holder of clean shoes without shit on them? That's who I'm looking for. They better be next. 
God damn it's the holder of wisdom. I need shoes. The feces is making it a lot easier to drag this corpse lady, so that's cool. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to when you reach the front desk. Ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of wisdom. The desk clerk will chuckle and guide you to an empty room. They will hand you a key and tell you to wait some time in the room until you hear a bell ring. When it rings, you have to lock the door through which you entered. Wait until a second ring, comma, and unlock it. Once those instructions have been carried out, the door will open all by itself and reveal a long hallway with every conceivable color painted onto the walls, ceiling and floor. Oh, it's like walking down a rainbow. <laughs> Follow the hallway until you hear a little girl singing. Oh, shit. That's never, ever good. It's never good in, in, in any type of scenario like this to hear a little girl singing. Not good. Not. Stop, close your eyes, comma, and stay where you are until the girl finishes the song. If you fail to remain perfectly still, run! Run back to the door through which you came as fast as you can. Jump through the window of the room where you waited earlier, comma, and you might live. <laughs> might live. Should you be unable to reach the window in time, you will be dragged back into the hallway by something that is definitely not the little girl. <laughs> you will be pulled by this horror until time itself ends, forever feeling the pain of every soul dragged to an early grave. If, on the other hand, you manage to remain perfectly still until the song ceases, until the song ceases, you will be free to either turn around and leave forever, or venture further into this realm until the song ceases if you prefer the latter course of action walk deeper into the hallway until you reach a human shaped door <laughs> okay open it with the same key that was given to you earlier step inside comma and close the door behind you in the middle of the room you will see a desk with a bright candle behind the desk is a man whose face is invisible behind the shine of the candle until the song ceases approach but always keep the flame between you and the man's face for if you witness what he looks like, your gaze will be fixed on his until your own hands have removed every inch of skin from your bones. God damn it. And the, the gouging eyes and the tearing skin. Tearing gouging. Okay. Stop when you are five steps away from the desk. The man will raise his hand and gesture you to come closer. But do not step any further than this. Close your eyes and ask him one question. Who will bring them back together? You will hear the man rise from his chair and begin to pray in a language that you will not understand. After two minutes, you will hear a name. If you hear Anubis, then you'd better utter your own prayers in the short time you will have to do so. But if it is Thor that you hear, Thor, you're Thor, I'm Thor. <laughs> Jeez, Thor, Thor. I'm the mighty Thor. But if it is Thor you hear, then you may open your eyes. You will see the man's severed head lying on his desk still speaking. Oh, it's like a chicken. <laughs> After another three minutes, his prayer will cease, comma, and he will tell you how you will die. Great. He will describe every minute detail of your horrible death, comma, and you will be unable to move or react while he explains your end. Lastly, he will describe the one who will steal your life away from you, comma, and go into such detail as to why it is necessary that you yourself will question which would be worse, you being murdered or you being allowed to continue to live. You being murdered, or you being allowed to continue to trek on, to quest, to step on, to keep on trucking, to experience, to attempt, to be allowed to continue to live. A 
Eventually, the head will finish its ghastly tale. It is object... Fuck. I've already got a dead body. And now I got it. Object 9 of 538. It is up to you what you do with the knowledge of your death for now. It is inevitable. Great. Covered in feces. Dragging a dead body and a head and a head now. A body and a head. That's like one and one-fifths people. The holder of ambition. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit a man who calls himself the holder of ambition. The sound that escapes the mouth of the worker will be so slight, comma, and betray so little reaction that at first, you may not even be sure your words were heard. All doubt will be settled when they guide you towards a stairwell lit by many windows. At the top of these stairs, the worker will leave you to continue your journey alone. You will find yourself standing at the beginning of an eerily calm hallway. Walk to the end. In all likelihood, you will encounter a shadow that moves along the wall. Do not follow it, for it is the one thing that will lead you to a place you do not wish to go. A place filled with your silent fears and failures from which you cannot return. No matter what shape the shadow takes, comma, and no matter how it eases and taunts your dreams with the greatest of your desires and hopes, do not even let it tempt your gaze. Protect your gaze. Uh, don't let it tempt your gaze. Let alone your feet. If you make it to the end of the hallway without losing sight of your goal, you will find an open doorway with no locks. That's terrible, dude. We got bagels and no locks. A doorway with no locks, bolts, or restraints. So there's no locks, but there's no Michael Boltons either, and there's no restraints. So that's okay. That's a decent trade-off. A soft light bathes the room in front of the opening. This is your one and only chance to leave without facing the holder of admission while collecting his object. If that is the course of action you wish to take, then walk directly back the way you came without attempting to peek around or into other doors, lest you discover what the seductive shadow hides. What evil lurks in the hearts of men, the seductive shadow knows. Beyond the doorway lies a room, bathed in an artificial light cast by high windows that cover each wall's expanse. At the room's center stands a tall, healthy man, standing naked and looking out into the light. His body is covered in uncountable tattoos and scars. Only his face is recognizable as unaltered human flesh. You might be tempted to look where he looks in search of the object of his focus. Feel free, but you will see nothing, comma, and learn nothing. The man will not react to anything other than the question, what joins them together? When asked, he will turn to look you in the eyes. Meet his gaze, but know that if you are not prepared, if there is even the slightest doubt of your intentions, then you will lose yourself in his soulless eyes for an eternity. If, on the other hand, your gaze is an honest one, <laughs> then he will begin to speak in a low voice. His tone will be a comical one. His tale told as if they meant nothing at all, but you must not miss a word, for this story is your preparation. Listen carefully to his tale, comma, and remember every detail. When the man finishes speaking, he will bring his hands to his chest, comma, and remove the sutures from one of his more noticeable scars. As the stitches come out, he will bleed, bleed, ugh. Uh, as the stitches come out, he will bleed profusely and fatally. When the last of his sutures have come out, 
He will offer them to you, uttering his final words through his own gurgling blood. Choosing to seek leads to an inevitable, inevitable, and an inevitable. Choosing to seek leads to an inevitable fate. The clump of sutures is object 10. How you use them depends on what you hear. What I hear is the squish of feces all over my shoes. <sighs> and this old dead person's artery is hardening. <sighs> Alright, let's try one more. Let's, let's see if we can go for one more. The holder of life. Okay, maybe you can reanimate this old dead lady and she can walk. <laughs> in any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. Okay. I think I've done this enough times. This is my 11th time. I think I probably already have my go-to uh, halfway houses and mental institutions at this time, right? So we're good. I know where to go. Okay. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of life. The worker will try to suppress a groan and you will have to ask again, hipster. He will then lead you to an operating room that looks just like any other you might or might not have seen in your life. Okay. There's potential for that. <laughs> there might be times in your life when you walk into a room that you may or may not have walked into before. Okay, that's real. <laughs> All right. The worker will give you a scalpel and then leave you alone in the room, locking the door behind him. That's not ominous. You will have to wait. Wait for almost an hour. Fucking hour? There's no Wi-Fi in here. Then the door will open and several people will enter the room, including a pregnant woman. The woman will lie down on the operating table. The other people, who will look like doctors, <laughs> that's good, will prepare everything for the child's birth. While they do that, you will be able to ask the woman one question. Ask, how can they be reassembled? <laughs> Say nothing else or the doctors will begin to skin and disassemble you. No! No, doctor, stop disassembling me. No, disassemble number five. No. You will be fully conscious while they do this. Oh, they're assholes. Okay. I don't like where this is going. I just read the last line. <sighs> this one's getting... This is this one's morbid. Okay? Stick with me. We're, we're going to get through these. I mean, if you have to go take a shower and cry, I, I will too. It's okay. It's okay to do that. <sighs> if you have asked the right question, the woman will begin to scream. The child is about to be born. You will have to wait until it's over. Oh, pff, really? We can't get this over with now? You're going to just have this baby? <laughs> God. Comma. And one of the doctors will give you the child. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for the child. Moving his mouth, but without sound coming from his lips. Oh, thanks for the broken baby. Great. Defective. As soon as he finishes talking and smiles, you will have to throw the child to the ground and ram the scalpel into its head, or else it will smash your ribcage and rip your heart out with inhuman strength. Alright. I guess I uh, can't really get hung up on too many things if you're going to do this holder's thing, so, you know, smackety-smack on the ground. is you know, It's a good thing I have this scalpel handy in my hand. Now it's in your head. You're a dead baby scalpel holder now. If you have thrown the child to the ground in time, it will, despite the scalpel in its head, answer the question you have asked earlier. It will speak with a demonic voice that might drive you mad. While it is talking, the other people in the room will vanish without leaving a trace. After the child finishes talking, it will simply die, and the door of the room will unlock. Okay, that's, that's nice. You are now free to go? Oh, cool. Okay. If you have not been driven mad by the voice. No, I think I'm all right. Oh, the dead baby is object 11 of 538. <laughs> Dare you not remove the scalpel. We're up to 12 here. 
This one seems promising. It has a good title. The Holder of Cat Astrophy. In any city, in any country. Whoa. Hold on here. In any city, in any country. Go to any abandoned amusement park you can enter. Ooh. Twist. Find the largest roller coaster in the park, no matter its condition. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I think you're going to want to check the condition on that before. Uh. Take a seat on the far left side of the first cart. Then close your eyes and whisper. You will feel the coaster start to move. Yet you cannot open your eyes or you will find yourself moving through an endless void, which you will never escape. The coaster will then slowly start to head up. For what seems to be ages as you listen to the rumbling of the tracks, you will then hear voices whisper at you and ask you to save them. Yet you must not respond to them or they will take you away to the same void to which they belong. The voices will stop speaking to you and the cart will come to a stop. With your eyes still closed, you must grasp the bar and the cart as tightly as you possibly can, or you will be left behind forever. After you do so, you will feel yourself plummeting straight down at impossible speeds. The air around you will start to grow cold, comma, and continues as it feels as if you are freezing. As you sense the cart around you disappear, you must keep hold of the bar, as it is the only thing keeping you attached to reality. Abruptly, you will stop, drop the bar, comma, and sit still with your eyes closed until you start to hear the sound of a carnival fanfare in the distance, comma, and only then, <laughs> and only then, T-H-A-N, and only then can you open your eyes, to which you will be greeted by a large pinstriped circus tent a few yards in front of you, surrounded by meadows and happy people, young and old. You must walk towards the tent, staring at the small entrance, which is shrouded by darkness. As you continue walking, the scenery around you will start morphing. Slowly the meadow dies. The carnival music slows and bends in pitch until it starts to sound twisted and demonic. The people decay in the very spots they stand. They will scream in agony, comma, and ask you to help them, yet you cannot look directly at them, or you will meet the same fate as these illusions. You must continue forward until you finally reach the dark entrance. Walk forward and allow yourself to be swallowed by the darkness. <laughs> Yet do not stop or look back, as if you do either, you will never find an exit. Continue your walk into the void until you see a dim light in the distance, comma, and start to hear the sobbing of a man. Follow these two signs as you hear the crying of the man growing louder until you see the light is coming from a door in the darkness. When you walk through the door, you will be greeted by a cold cement cell. In the far left corner, you will see the crying man dressed as a circus clown. Oh, is that clown? Covering his face with a small diary. You must slowly approach him as not to aggravate him until he is right by your feet. Sit down next to him and ask, What do we have to lose? The clown, <laughs> the clown will then read you an excerpt from the diary through his sobs. The writings in detail describe the demise of millions of innocents, comma, and the forces that so cruelly and coldly carried out this act. As he reads, illusions will appear around you, comma, and in the side of your vision you will see every death of every person in the story, many of which were slaughtered, many of which were taken by disease. However, you must keep looking at this clown, as if you lose sight of him, you will be stuck in this illusion and you will become part of the story yourself. After he is done, he'll stop crying. He will lower the book from in front of his face, revealing that he has suffered the same decay as the illusions which you had seen before. 
he will hand the book to you, which you must accept. He warns that you cannot read the diary yourself, or else you will be driven mad. He will then whisper, when the stakes are high, best to play the clown. As the rest of his body starts to decay, as well as the room around you, you must close your eyes one more time, keeping hold of the book, and count to exactly 12 seconds before opening them. When you do, you will find yourself in the same seat of the roller coaster in which you began. The diary is object 12 of 538. These events must never be allowed to occur again. Okay, so now I have a book that I can't read. Yeah, I'm done for right now. Jason, never mind. Out. <laughs> I'm going to go not read this book and listen to my broken music box and talk to my dead corpse friend and go bowling with this dude's head. Perfect.